Hi, my name is Vivian Dias and I'm the Assistant Minister here at St Mark's. Welcome back into our home, which is where I'm recording from today. Yes. <laughs> so we all know that our body is a system made up of body parts, organs, systems and cells to make our bodies work. Every part of our body is not only connected to the whole, but every system is interconnected with and interdependent on all the others. So although each body system performs a different role, all the systems work together to keep the entire body healthy. So I want to share uh, a cool, uh, interesting fact that I think highlights <laughs> this kind of idea. Did you know that when you blush, your stomach also turns red? Apparently it's true. And I, <laughs> it's fascinating, isn't it? So we now know that our gut is like our second brain. Now, I've had to learn a lot about the digestive system because I'm married to Jerome who, if you know, um, Jerome has quite a number of food intolerances. And in the last 10 to 20 years, researchers have discovered that the human gut has a huge impact on the whole body health. We know now that having a healthy gut contributes to a strong immune system, to heart health, brain health, to improved mood and mental health, to healthy sleep, and it even plays a role in the prevention of some cancers and other autoimmune diseases. So it's fascinating to discover how intricately connected our bodies actually are. Now, the Apostle Paul didn't know all this stuff about the body uh, when he wrote this letter to the Corinthian church over 2000 years ago. Their understanding of the body obviously wasn't as advanced as ours is today, but people knew that Body parts are all interconnected and all interdependent. They knew that every part of the body was important and that each single part couldn't perform its role with, without all the other parts working together. And so in the context of talking about divisions in the church and the diversity of gifts within the church, this image of the body is so powerful. And Paul uses this image to highlight what it means to be the capital C church, what it means to be the community of Jesus followers, which he calls the body of Christ. So let's dive into this passage and to see um, what it tells us about the nature of our relationships as the body of Christ. Firstly, we see that this body of Christ is interconnected by its unifying source and center. Look at verse 13. It says, For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. So even though we're all different, and even though we've come from different backgrounds and life experiences, we've all been baptized by the one Holy Spirit. He is our unifying source, our one fount, if you like, who's given us all the one and the same living water to drink. He's the one through whom we are connected as people who've been saved by Jesus. And Jesus is the unifying center 
of our new identity in this body. And I like this reference to baptism because it reminds us of our death to ourselves, that we are no longer our own, and of our deliverance into this new humanity. It represents our new birth into the family of God. And if we bring in what Paul said back in chapter 6, verse 19, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we're reminded that God's special presence and glory, which is on display in the world, now resides in this community, drawn and held together by the Holy Spirit. So we have a unifying connection by the living Spirit of God. Secondly, our interconnections are mutually dependent. Throughout this whole passage, Paul is emphasizing again and again that your capacity to flourish in this body is dependent on the flourishing of the whole body. The body of Christ is a symbiotic whole. All too often the community of God is compromised by those who either diminish or inflate their own significance. Look at verse 6. Verse 16, it says, If the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. Some people look at themselves and compare themselves to other people who might have more prominence in the church or who might have more obvious gifts, perhaps, and they think, Oh, I can never be like that. So maybe I'm not really needed. Or other Christians think that they don't really belong in Christian community, and that can be for a whole myriad of reasons. But Paul is saying, actually, you can't diminish or deny your place in this body, your place in his church. If you love Jesus, you can't not be a part of his body just because you think that you don't belong. Look at verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? In verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You see, the ear has a crucial role to play, just as much as the eye. And if the ear wasn't there, the whole body would suffer. His point is that everyone belongs and everyone is necessary. Now, I know there's a number um, of mums uh, in our church with babies and little kids, and I've been in that place before. And you might sometimes think, oh man, what is the point of even coming to church? What's the point of even being here? It's such a struggle, isn't it, to get um, to, get to church with kids and and then you're there and you can't engage in the worship, you can't listen to the sermon because you're focusing on looking after your child. And it's often just really frustrating. But your very presence is a blessing to the body of Christ. Your presence is a witness to us of how much you value raising your child in the faith and the practice of the church. It's a reminder to us all of how Jesus welcomes little children and of how much children have to teach us. 
and you're modeling to other young women and men that even though it's hard with kids, God is still the priority of your life. So even those of you who think you're not contributing very much, you in fact are, and you're indispensable to the body of Christ. Whether you see it or not, you're a vital part of Christ's body and you have something necessary and important to contribute for the sake of the greater whole. So you might not be like an eye or a head that has an upfront and prominent public role, but your place in the body and your giftings are just as important to the health and functioning of Christ's church. So just as we're not to diminish our place in the body, there's also no place for inflating our significance in the body. There's no room for pride of place or arrogance. There's no, no room for thinking, I'm all it. Verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Sometimes people, especially people in leadership or people who are obviously gifted, can have the terrible attitude of thinking that they're more important than other people in the church. But it can be way more subtle than this. And I'm going to tell you a story. So after being at St. Matt's uh, in Dever Hills for 20 years where I'd grown up and where I'd been uh, worship leading and leading the evening service for a number of years, uh, I moved to England and joined the Soul Survivor Watford Church, um, which is actually quite a famous church. And I really wanted to support them in their ministry, particularly among the poor and excluded, because I was a qualified social worker and so passionate about social justice being expressed through the church. And after all my experience in ministry, I kind of went into this church expecting that my skill set would be really wanted. Someone with my gifts and passions would surely be valued in a church like this, I thought. And I went in with my full guns blazing, if, if you like. Within the first month or so of my arrival, I was pushing on doors to ministry by emailing the staff. And if I didn't get a reply, I'd be calling them up. And they eventually arranged for a, um, a woman, um, a pastoral staff member to come and meet with me. And she asked me about my story and I shared with her about what I felt God was laying on my heart to offer this church community. But she didn't leave me with a promise. She didn't invite me to another conversation to explore that further. And she kind of just encouraged me to just be among the community. Just be there and see what happens, see what unfolds. Now, I didn't get it at the time, but I realized later that this church valued relationships and presence and trust and humility as more important than any spiritual gift. Why? Well, I came to understand that gifting without maturity of character, without humility and integrity, and without mutual appreciation, is actually harmful to a church community, not a blessing. Now, I could have gone off in a huff. 
I could have decided to find somewhere else where my gifts would get the recognition that I thought they deserved. But I stayed. I made friends. I came to love the people. And as I integrated into the community, with the freedom of not having any expectations upon me, God actually began to unfold other gifts. I was able to be someone who welcomed and came alongside other new people and helped them to connect in to our church community. And I regularly organised uh, social um, outings and occasions for other young adults to hang out together. And I was soon asked to lead a small group. I also became involved in their prayer ministry team, which enabled me to receive really amazing training so that I could grow in this gift. And I'm so grateful for that season of my life because I was growing foundations in my gifts and in my character that's now integral to my ministry today. I might not have served in the public role of driving their social justice ministries as I'd hoped, but God was using me in the behind the scenes spaces that enabled me to practice blessing the church without the pressure and expectations that come with public ministry. So whatever gift you have, whatever grace you have to express among Jesus' community, recognize that it's important, but also that it's one part among many. Don't overinflate your own significance. The other week at youth, uh, Jerome was sharing with the young people about something that he learnt while he was doing uh, a drama course at the Victorian College of the Arts. His drama teacher taught him this um, word of wisdom. There's no small parts, just small actors. In other words, we're all on the stage and we all have a part to play. It's the whole that matters. You may not have the main lead and you might be a supporting role, but every role matters to make up the whole performance. And if you think that you're the most important part, you've missed the beauty of what everyone else is contributing and contributing to. And you've ironically made yourself the smallest actor on stage. One person alone, no matter how gifted, can play a Bach symphony, can perform the musical Hamilton, or can compete against your favorite sporting team. In the body of Christ, there's no solo performances and no Lone Rangers. And this is so opposite of how we're taught to think in a lot of ways, isn't it? You know, the world tells us that the most important thing is to be true to who we are, to discover what that is and then to express that to the world. But the Christian narrative is that we discover our true identity, we discover our true selves in the context of Christian community, in the context of the body of Christ. Because my flourishing is dependent on your flourishing and your flourishing is dependent on my flourishing and our flourishing is dependent on the church's flourishing. We are mutually dependent. 
to the extent that we actually reverse the traditional systems of hierarchy and honour altogether, where we're meant to give special honour and greater honour to the hidden and the weaker parts. We're to be so interconnected that if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. In verse 7 of chapter 12, which Andrew highlighted last week, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Common good in the original Greek literally means mutual benefit. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for mutual benefit. Our gifts are given to bless and encourage and support other parts of Christ's body. They're not given to us so that we can make ourselves look good. They're given to us so that we can make others look good. So when Paul lists this other list of spiritual gifts in verses 28 to 30, he says, God has placed in the church, first of all prophets, uh, sorry, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. He's now not putting up a hierarchy of gifts based on importance, but he's emphasizing that there are certain gifts which bring greater benefit and greater edification and encouragement to the church than others. So instead of thinking that tongues is the most significant gift of all, which some people in the Corinthian church actually did, actually tongues doesn't benefit the whole body as much as other gifts like teaching and prophecy. He's saying it's the gifts of apostleship, of prophecy and teaching that bring greater edification to the whole body. So don't desire gifts that puff you up. Desire gifts that build others up and edify the whole church. To close, I want to go back to verse 25 where we see that God wants each part of his community to realize its interdependency so that there's no division in the body. So that the church can show to the world what real community, what life together is designed by God to be. And this is my final point, that our interconnectedness in the body of Christ has a unifying purpose beyond ourselves. Andrew Francis, a theologian and author, said, It is surely a fact of inexhaustible significance that what our Lord left behind him was not a book, nor a creed, nor a system of thought, nor a rule of life, but a visible community. He committed the entire work of salvation to that community. Our gifts and our roles in Jesus' community are there to actualize the glory of God in humanity. Let me say that again. Our gifts and our roles in Jesus' community are there to actualize the glory of God in humanity. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ. We are the expression of the unity between God and humanity as the foretaste of the new creation. It's not about our gifts, 
but about Jesus shining through his unified people who find their purpose and identity outside of themselves and who by the Spirit love and serve and edify and honour each other with world-changing zeal. So how does this impact on your perception of your gifts? And how does this impact on your perception of your place in the church, both our church at St Mark's and in the wider Christian church? To those of you who consider yourselves a part of St Mark's community, how does this passage challenge or encourage you in your thinking about what you bring to our community or about what others bring to our community? Is there a prompt of the Holy Spirit within you to value what it is that you bring? Is there a shift in attitude that God is nudging within you? Maybe the Spirit's confronting envy or pride. Let's recognise that it's God who gives gifts as He pleases. Let's value the gifts that God has graciously given us because they're not insignificant, but essential to the health of the church and the glory of Christ. And let's practice and use our gifts with grace for each other as we hone our gifts and learn to do them as well as we can for the blessing of the church. Whether that's in hospitality or prayer or teaching or supporting and shepherding people or pastoral care whether it's in administration or leadership or creativity or coming alongside our children and young people, whether it's in practical service like cleaning and maintenance on our site or whether it's extending friendship to people who are just getting to know us. And let's do it all for the glory of God. And if you're watching this online or listening to this at home and you haven't been to a church before or you haven't been for a long time, whether that's at St Mark's or another church, can I encourage you to keep thinking about this and praying about it? I know that we're in lockdown at the moment, but there might still be steps that you could take that God wants you to take to step closer towards community. Maybe you could even fill in an online connect card. Your belonging is important to us and what God has placed in you is important to us and important to his purposes in the world. So let's pray as we close this time together. Living Spirit of God, thank you for the gifts that you have bestowed on each one of us to bless and build up your people, your community. Help us to grow not only in the use of these gifts, but in the attitude of our hearts towards one another. Help us to realise our interconnectedness and our interdependence, such that we learn what it means to flourish in this community, this family that you've called us into. And help us keep growing in our understanding of your purposes for the body of Christ and our part in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.